If I asked you, do you believe there is life, eternal life, everlasting life, after death, I can only imagine that all of you would be thinking, he's asking if I believe there is life, eternal life, on the other side of the grave. And of course, that is exactly what we will talk about on Easter morning and at absolutely every funeral you attend in this place. But the lessons before us this morning are not about life on the other side of the grave. They ask a very different question, and the question is, is there life full, abundant, glorious, eternal life this side of the grave? And particularly after you have gone through one of life's crushing moments. The first lesson that we heard read this morning was originally addressed to an assembly, a congregation that I would describe generously as the living dead. A people who had gone through hell on earth had lost everything, including hope and meaning. This lesson was addressed to the religious and political leaders of Judea. After their nation, after Jerusalem, after their temple and the palace of their king had been totally destroyed. And if you believed as you had been taught that your God, our God, had promised that there would always, now and forever, be a king, the descendant of David on that throne in Jerusalem, you would be, anybody would be devastated if that happened to their nation. But what about your belief system? If you believed that if your army was destroyed, it meant that the enemy's God was stronger than your God. And if all you believed in had been crushed, you would begin to wonder if your God was even alive. And if so, you would have concluded that your God our God was useless. And 
beyond all that devastation. These leaders are dragged into exile and forced to look at those they formerly knew as pigs, the Babylonians being their masters. And they were forced to eat at the trough of those pigs. Food, faith, culture that they had always been taught was both despicable and beneath them. And just one last thing. If a conquering army in those days really wanted to devastate a people, they would refuse to let the vanquished bury their dead. And so, in what I continue to think must be one of the most powerful images in all human literature. God calls Ezekiel and says, Ezekiel, accompany me into that valley of death. Let us walk through that battlefield strewn with the bones of your hope, your loved ones. And then that question, brothers and sisters, that question, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And as Ezekiel watches, God, our God, breathes on them and restores them to life, touches them, and they sense the glimmer of connection and hope. No wonder the American slaves torn out of Africa and everything they held holy, living as slaves, no freedom, no family, no hope, no future. No wonder they turned to these words. Ezekiel! Ezekiel, them bones, them dry bones, them bones, them dry bones. Oh, hear, hear the word of the Lord. 
and bones coming back to life and the promise of meaning and hope after devastation. So if if you have lost your job and you have no hope of finding one with equal pay and prestige, if your most important relationship has dissolved, or your partner of many years passed away, if as you climb the steps on the school bus, you're certain you will face another bully. If you have received your letter, your letters, and have not gotten into any of your first choice colleges, if you have been sober for four years, and then fallen again off the wagon. Embarrassing, devastating your family. Can these lives be rebuilt? Yes, they can. Because nothing is impossible to our God or as my former bishop, Barbara Harris, used to say it, there is no obstacle in front of us greater than the God beside us or the power behind us. What I love about the story of the raising of Lazarus is that it says there's not only life after one of those moments of death in the midst of this life, but it teaches us what that life looks like and how to live into that new hope and meaning. I hope, brothers and sisters, you will take these lessons home and reread them. Because what does it say? It says, first of all, come on in. You're not going to bother us. What does this passage say? First of all, it talks about who our God is. Our God not only knows us and knows what it is to live a life in this world because our God has lived that life. But when we have one of those moments, we have a God who weeps. Imagine that. 
not some distant, uncaring, Mideastern potentate. The full translation, our God shudders with sobs. Know that in one of those moments. And secondly, our God is not some Cecil B. DeMille Lone Ranger magic man who comes in and says, Alakazam! Jesus says to the townspeople, I can't do this alone. We need to do healing and new life together. Move away the stone. This is the guy that said if you had faith you could move mountains. And he says, help me move away the obstacle to healing. And he walks with those people and he cries with those people and he tries to discover meaning among them. That's how we find new life. So let me finish with a story. The story that about a family that did not focus on obstacles but on possibilities and a God that could bring them about. Yesterday in what needs to be one of the great privileges for people with this kind of a vocation, my wife received a phone call that a man in her parish had had a devastating stroke and they were going to remove him from life supports. She put together a service and they prayed for him and his family and gave thanks for his life. And then the man was disconnected from life support. As it turns out, his wife of 70 years was also in the hospital. She's arthritic in getting her medications adjusted. She also has Alzheimer's disease and had been totally out of touch with reality for a long, long time. But the family took the risk and went downstairs and said, Anne, your husband is dying. Would you like to say goodbye? And in a miraculous moment of lucidity, she said, of course. And she went upstairs, put her arms around her husband, and kissed him goodbye, and thanked God for the wonderful years they had had together before she drifted back into oblivion. 
is full life, meaningful life, life touched with joy, possible in the midst of loss and death? The obstacle in front of us is never a match for the power of our God beside us or the power behind us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.